Hello friends, this is Matt, and this is Something From Everything, a podcast about embracing meaning and discovering wisdom through telling better stories. And this story, well, this story scares me just a little. This is a story that is always close to me, and I think that if I'm looking back, I think I talk around this story constantly, but I rarely take it head on. This is a story about resurrection. Resurrection is a strange word, isn't it? I have to look it up each time I write it to be sure that I'm spelling it right. That's how infrequently it gets used. It's so easily restrained to the realm of the religious, always connected with claims that demand a mental assent or dismissal. But I think that there's more to this word and this concept and this story. And I know that this is uncomfortable ground for a lot of us. Religious terms are often incredibly polarizing, irrelevant, or both. But I promise you this, dear listener, whatever you take from this story, I promise that it is true, that I'm not selling anything. But I do hope that this story brings this concept a little closer, here in the everyday and the common and the miraculous, the places where we actually live. I hope you enjoy it. This story is called Reintroduced to Resurrection. Thanks for listening. So, Jesus is kind of a zombie? I bite my lip at the unintentional irreverence and honest curiosity of my youngest child, who has his puzzled head cocked slightly to the side. Uh, <laughs> it's a little different than that. It's been a long while since we've been to church. Still, when my youngest asked me how Easter came to be a holiday, or what bunnies and eggs have to do with Good Friday, I attempt to give him a mostly complete and age-appropriate explanation of both the Christian story of the death and resurrection of Jesus and the amalgamation of various pagan and ethnic traditions such as Ishtar and Eoster that celebrate such spring themes as light, new life, and hence the bunnies, fertility. Interestingly, the incorporation of chocolate is never questioned. Even my youngest knows better than to look that particular gift horse, er, bunny, in the mouth. The zombie comment <laughs> makes me think that maybe, just maybe, I've missed the mark on my explanation. But the resurrection is hardly a standard or commonplace concept. I'm often intrigued by the strange and inconsistent marriage of Western civilization's post-Christian culture. We are surrounded by words of great religious significance that have entered our collective lexicon, but often with frustratingly specific, incomplete, or completely absent context. Perhaps because of this, these words and concepts are becoming less and less common. The writer and theologian Jonathan Merritt has noted that as secularization has increased, the use of sacred words has dropped off precipitously. Language, Merritt argues, is always being reinterpreted and recontextualized. The only languages that stay static and unchanging are dead ones. Understandably, those within a religious tradition are also the most concerned with safeguarding sacred language and therefore the least willing to reinterpret and recontextualize these words and ideas. Meanwhile, outside of that tradition, 
these terms grow more and more irrelevant. These days, if you ask someone what a specifically religious term like resurrection meant to them, you'd probably find a striking contrast. Either it holds a very specific religious meaning of great importance, or they would view it as my son did, as irrelevant, confusing, and inconceivable. To my point, I am writing these words during the midst of Holy Week, where Christians the world over mark the betrayal, state-sanctioned torture and execution of Jesus, and his unexpected and miraculous reappearance to his friends and disciples who do not recognize him three days later. I'm guessing that this event either means something very specific and significant to you, or nothing at all. And I'm concerned by this because I find myself in a third category. During many years of Holy Weeks, I've grown up with this story, considered it, watched theatrical versions of it, even performed in a few, <laughs> sang songs about it, felt swells of emotion towards it, and attended countless services about it. Specific meaning and interpretation was presented along with these stories, as they are with all of these old stories. It was not simply remembering the betrayal of Jesus, but of mankind's betrayal of God. Not just the death of Jesus, but the death as a God-ordained sacrifice and payment for the wickedness of all. Not just the resurrection of Jesus, but the promise of resurrection and unending life for everyone who believes this particular story, for everyone who holds to this particular faith. And for a long time, I was all in. And then, I lost my old faith. It was less a defiant act of unbelief and more an unintended consequence of abruptly seeing the world differently. After a series of personal tragedies in my immediate family, my notions of God and goodness were unexpectedly upended. All those cherished stories and their given meanings suddenly seemed incompatible with reality, even offensive. Church as I knew it certainly seemed incompatible with my new grief and my seething anger. The cognitive dissonance became too great to bear. I would have to deny my reality or my old faith. Both could not survive. I was never an ardent atheist. In fact, for the longest time, I never even admitted the death of my faith to myself. One day, years later, a good friend was describing a hopeful agnostic that he knew, and then he paused and started to laugh at my own ignorance. I was completely unaware that he was talking about me. It has been years since those losses that sent my world raveling. In that time, I've accepted and made a home for my grief. No one would ever willingly ask for such a wound, but I know that it's helped for me and helped me see the wounds in so many others. Time doesn't heal all, but perhaps it allows all. Surprisingly, time has even allowed these old stories as well. Time and space away from the religious world I knew has decoupled those ancient stories from their specific meanings and dogmas. But 
Instead of rendering them meaningless, I find those ancient stories, words, and concepts, they're just more interesting than ever before, and occasionally strikingly true. Removed from the pressures of judging these stories as literally true or false, precious or worthless, these stories, they get to breathe and take on a life of their own. Now, when I consider the betrayal of Jesus, I think about how often people misunderstand goodness and only want power. When I think of the death of Jesus, I think about the violence we are willing to incur in the name of sanctity and the fact that power structures do not like to be questioned. When I think about the resurrection, I think about the fact that new growth includes the death of the old. That the new comes from the old, but it is not the same, and many will not recognize it. I think about resurrection when I see plants that look nothing like the seeds I buried in the ground weeks earlier. They are the same, and they are different. I think about it when I look at old pictures of my children. Some characteristics never change, a sly smile or a glint in the eye, and yet they've grown and changed dramatically. They are not who they were before, and they never will be again. I think about it when I look into the eyes of my love and see a person who both is and is not the person I married so many years ago. I think of resurrection whenever I meet an old friend whose life has changed forever. The ending of a marriage, new career, the death of a family member. These events so significant that they divide our lives into before and after. No one walks through great love or great tragedy unchanged. And of course, I think of the unexpected resurrection of my own faith as well. I think of the stories and meanings that guided and formed me, that served me so well, until they didn't. About how they really did die, even when I didn't want them to, and stayed dead for a long while. About how unexpected and precious and strange their reappearance was to me. I think of all the words and concepts and stories that are worth decoupling, worth reconsidering, worth reintroducing, reinterpreting, and recontextualizing. I know that from some vantage points, this faith looks drastically different, or even unrecognizable from the one I held before. I know that many expect the new to look exactly like the old, but they shouldn't. Death and resurrection are a part of the process. Not one living thing stays stagnant or static forever. As I said, it's less like a zombie and more like every living thing. Well, friends, that is it. Episode 22 of the Something From Everything podcast, reintroduced to Resurrection. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for honoring me with your time. 
The music at the intro and playing now is All Star by Adrian Berenger, and at the end was Waking Life by Humans Win. All tracks are royalty free, and you can find them through storyblocks.com. If you find this wider concept of resurrection interesting, boy do I have some news. We are about to launch a new podcast called Navigating a Resurrection. It's a much longer form podcast than this one, and I've been recording it with my good friend Ronnie and various guests, and it has been such a good time. We talk about our former lives, the deaths that occurred, and how we have learned to navigate the uncharted and new. These conversations have been some of the biggest highlights of this past year, and I can't wait to share them with you. You can search for Navigating a Resurrection wherever you get your podcasts, or navigating-a-resurrection.pinecast.co. It just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? (laughs) You know what? I'll I'll put it in the show notes. (laughs) And don't worry, this podcast, Something From Everything, isn't going anywhere. As always, you can read my full posts online and subscribe to my newsletter at somethingfromeverything.com. And if you prefer moving pictures to audio, you can find these most recent episodes as videos on IGTV or YouTube. Search for something from everything in quotations, though, and I should be the first artist that pops up. And if you like it, hit the subscribe or thumbs up or bell icons. There's seriously so many. (laughs) You can see notifications of regular posts, quotes, developing ideas, and the occasional short video by following the Something From Everything podcast on Facebook and Instagram. (sighs) That's a lot, isn't it? Honestly, I'm just thankful I can let you know when there's a new post that comes together. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Thanks for checking out the new podcast. We've had so much support since uh, this one launched, and hopefully with this new one, you enjoy it as well. And I promise I don't take it for granted. If you want to support this podcast, there's lots of ways you can do so. You can write a review on Apple Podcasts. You can share this episode or any episode on social media, and you can share it with a friend or let a friend know if you think they might enjoy it. All these things really help. And finally, my friends, I hope that this strange, sacred concept of resurrection becomes just a little more accessible and just as miraculous. If these old words and concepts are helpful, I hope that you reclaim them. They are for all of us, after all. May we be comforted when things change, even and especially when we don't want them to. Every living thing changes. And may we know that death and new life are a part of the process as we all make something from everything. Thanks, friends.